I think so. I think it's on. It might be. It's all good. Um, so to celebrate approximately uh, 2,023 years since the time that our Lord was born, uh, Tim Sherrill thought that it would be like a really funny thing if I do the first message. I didn't think it was, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> I'd like to share like a really short story of uh, my just my personal experience, and uh, as well as like a, compare, a short comparison of uh, our life living in faith. Uh, compared to some biblical figures and uh, some of the ch early church members, see if we can spot any differences, any similarities, and uh, maybe learn a few lessons that needs to be reminded quite often. Um, my biblical knowledge, uh, disclaimer, my biblical knowledge is very limited. Christian life is young. Um, so with much respect for scriptures, uh, I try to stick, I will try to stick with uh, as many scriptures as I can throughout the message. Uh, and I really hope that my words uh, being the Spirit has placed on my heart would challenge us and to be sober with our judgments and our uh, and a, a judgments about ourselves. That would be from Romans 12, 3. For by grace uh, given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. I think it would be a reasonable thing to uh, claim that our faith in the modern world is constantly being tested. Uh, there's so many, so much chaos and suffering. I mean, there's things we can point to and say that things are going wrong, going downhill. Uh, obviously, war um, in our beliefs, in actual hot war, physical wars, we all know what's going on. Um, and it's always easy to just point our fingers at something else and say, that's their fault. And uh, I'm bearing the consequences. So, right, it's kind of, it's reasonable. It's, I don't think it's, unfair. Um, and that's what I confidently said to my father-in-law. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Twyla and I, we've been married for about eight months now. And she comes from a very uh, loving, traditional, and family-oriented household. Uh, her father-in-law is a very wise, inspiring man. Um, and I've been, it's been an honor for me to get to know him over the years, and or two years. Uh, and it's great. It's, it's a really good time. And um, this is just one of the most memorable lessons that he's ever given me. Uh, he had a, an opportunity to uh, visit us about a few months ago. And uh, we got to host him for two days at our house. Uh, it was a really nice visit. And um, after talking, you know, basically updating about your lives and all that, um, we finally got to a point where I can start addressing or talk to him about some harder problems. He's a very wise Christian, and uh, you know, like all of us, are we? We got experiences. We're sinners, but I have much respect for the wise and for the older gentlemen. Um, so I, with with a lot of ignorance, for some reason, uh, I told him it's really hard to be a Christian today, and so, and he's just kind of. Oh, <laughs> I can't make a Wisconsin accent, but he asked one. It's really cool. It's really cool. I'm not, I'm not trashing on it. But he's just like, oh, do you think your life is hard? And it's like, uh, how do I say this? I paused for a second. And he paused. He didn't, he didn't continue with anything. And he just gave me a second to kind of let my overthinking tendencies to kick in. I was like, is my life hard? Well, that's a relative question. It's, it's, a, it's a relative question. 
hard comparing to what? Okay, so is it hard comparing to Jonah? Is it hard comparing to Job or Abraham or pretty much anybody else really that doesn't live in the first world country or anyone else who has ever lived not in the 21st century? It is so good now. So, so that's relative. Like I'm not saying that I, I know that we all have been in through so many challenges in life, but it's pretty good. <laughs> all right. So, so uh, you know, uh, just read about the figures that all li who lived in the faith through, like let's say Hebrews 11, for example. Um, all of those faithful lovers uh, or followers of God, some didn't even see their fruit before they died. Um, Hebrews 13 concludes, uh, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not uh, receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, meaning that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. So what did the, disciple, the disciples do when Jesus, uh, during those three days and whatever he was in the tomb? Well, John 20, verse 19 to 20 tells us, the disciples were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And on the evening of the same Sunday, they locked themselves in, the, in a room. Suddenly, Jesus appeared in the middle of the group. He greeted them and showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples saw the Lord. They became very happy. Yeah, I'd be pretty happy too. But yeah. Uh, and then, okay. What did Job say once God has allowed Satan to take everything away from him but his own life? And I mean everything. Right? He's got everything in the world. He took it all away. He even took his health. Uh, there's physical harm done to him constantly, if you've uh, read through the... But this was before his physical harm. And so Job 4, 1, 21. Well, he replied, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will, I will return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I know that we would all like to think uh, that we would also keep our faith as firm as we can, when, uh, like the disciples of, in the stories, if we were to be persecuted for our beliefs. But to be really honest, I don't think, personally, there's even a comparison to be made between our work and theirs. I hate to break it to myself, but I think I've failed in much less difficult tasks in my life. I think I've betrayed in, in my words, my actions, for things that are trivial, really. Like, it's not even, there's, there's nothing to be written down, really. Um, from all these tides of like new rising social cultural norms that are seemingly endless and dangerous, I think we've all forgotten that God's mission for us has always been to be different and to seek uh, to be different from them and to seek the comfort of the world the world offers and follow the moral rules that that and not follow the moral rules that we've set up for ourselves, but He set up for us. We must be better than that, and God calls us to be better than that. There's never been a better time to be a Christian than now. Um, more or less, I know that there's so many mistakes and you know, history is full of blood, but uh, the Western world is, based, is built on uh, Judeo-Christian family values. Some of these we can't really prove. Like, I'll give you a brief example of something along the lines of you know, do not, the Ten Commandments. You can see them along, along the laws. Not all of them are there. Some of them are kind of wacky and... It's, it's culturally based, too, you know, in, by, in the world at the time. But we, we have it pretty well here. Uh, and that's because we base our systems, our beliefs, in the Christian, law, in the Christian moral laws. Um, the Bible is the best-selling book. Okay, that's another example. Um, regardless of their religions, most people on earth observe Christmas. 
when's Christmas? Like, it's not exactly, some scholars that only even believe that it's not exactly the day that Jesus was born, but that's what it means. And it's kind of strange that someone who doesn't believe in Jesus would still go, happy birthday, Jesus, you know, and they do, which is great. You know, he, he's, he's worth celebrating. And then, obviously, last, very last but not least, uh, we have our own brand of chicken sandwiches. So it's pretty good. We all know that what that is, and so I'm not going to name, because I'm not sponsored. So, um, Guys, we, I've known that we've been through such a hard year going through like this last year, but I really challenge us to look at it as a great opportunity to grow. Um, there are so many positions you can still hop onto with, for serving, uh, things we've learned for about how to effectively communicating with each other through midweek classes and all the people who has come up here to share their vulnerabilities uh, and just really encouraging moments. It's the only way that we can get truly know that know our neighbors. I think like you know a simple courteous, how are you? You're pretty good, or, or I'm good. Things we'll pray for you. Great. I, but I get it. I, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray for someone, but it would be better if you're the answer to their prayer. I think that would be a really good, much better way to approach that, you know. And um, I want to know what's, uh, I really want to have the longer answer the next time so I can know what's happening in your life. And so I can give my, you my help if I can. I'll check up with you with a more detailed answer or question next time. Really get to know that. Um, the faithful Christian life has never been about the worldly comfort. Obviously, Matthew 8, 20, Jesus replied, Foxes have hold and birds, have, uh, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Our comfort has, comes from the relationship we build through adopting responsibilities of taking care of our brothers and sisters. Even in our hard times, like I know these things are rather critical to say, and to a certain degree, I'm, all, I'm trying to reflect upon myself as well. Just please be encouraged that think about all the things that we've done good for the world. Uh, the last, just the last year, family promise, uh, volunteering to help at the nursing homes or Salvation Army. These people really need God, and they won't read the Bible, but they'll see your actions. And that's the best thing that my host family has ever done for me. That's why I converted was uh, when I came back to them after a, a few years, I just asked them, you know, why are you so good to me? And the only answer they gave me was because we're Christians. It's like, <laughs> well, I want to be like that too. Thanks. Um, I'm sorry that like really our little con small contributions to the world here, like although it's really positive, it's not going to be written down on the front page news or the next New Testament, whenever that comes back. But you'll be writing those family, you'll be writing a page in those families forever, whoever it is that you're helping, and that's all God asks for. How much more beautiful that would be if it's your fellow, if it's your fellow brothers and sisters. To bring us to communion time, uh, I have three scriptures to share. Matthew 28, 19-20, just so we can redirect back to what our goal is. God says, there are, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, uh, sorry, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 2 Corinthians 5, 16-19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, 
the knee was here. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And to end with Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You might ask yourself, Tom, now that you've rearranged all the passages in the Bible and at your disposal to make a point, what's the point? All right, fine. Um, there's a, it's time to pick up your cross. Uh, there's time for healing. There's time for growth. The new creation has come and the old one has gone. Uh, has, ha, is the, the old one has gone and the new is here. We've been blessed with a new body, and he has done it a lot of a really hard load for us already. Uh, we need to do our unique roles that God has set out for us. I don't know if we were going to be where we're going to be together, but I'm sure we will only make it there a little better if we seek out what his will would be. And as we prepare ourselves for our communion in this year, instead of making a resolution about anything and then drop it in February, I'd like to ask all of you to join me in a much, much simpler task. Instead of having to think about what we would like to change in our resolution, I'd simply suggest that we remember our vows when we were baptized. That we believed in Jesus, the Son of God, that he came to earth, that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he was raised on the third day, and that we would call him not just our Savior, but our Lord and Savior. And uh, Twyla would pray for us to communion. If you can bow your heads with me. Sorry, just for people on the stream. Father, I just thank you so much for your generosity and your love for us. I just thank you for seeing us and for knowing the beautiful personal things about me and about each of us, that at times it can be hard for us to share with others, but you already know and cherish our differences. I pray that you would give us bravery, honesty, with gentleness, and love to share more and more of who we are with others so that they can know and love us and help us to grow through our weaknesses with them to be stronger and stronger followers of you and be doing more and more that pleases you. Bless us with patience and wonder so that we will enjoy the time of getting to know them in return so that there can be circular growth and learning, getting strengthened and helping through discipleship back and forth to one another. I just ask that you fill us with peace that we desperately need to no longer be fearful or concerned about emotional, physical, or social survival. For you give great gifts, and you clothe us like the fields of beautiful flowers, and you have and always will provide for our needs. I just pray that we would be a sacrificially loving family. Lord, please help us to be great givers givers of our things which come from you, sharing our own individual and important gifts which you created in us to help us use those gifts well for you. And giving our love, giving tons of unconditional love to others as we have received even much more from you, first without even ever deserving it. Giving of ourselves, 
as you did to everyone, and as you still continue to always be giving to us. I'm just so grateful for you and for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. You brought me back.